1: with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. My name is James De I produce the show for Brandon. I've been with him for a couple of years now. The Consumer Quarterback show has been around for about 7 years. Brandon started the show because he wanted to be a consumer advocate for all the folks in the Bay Area. He's trying to make your dollar go farther. So he rounded up all the great folks in his network. You know, as a real estate professional in the Bay Area, he was dealing with roofers and AC guys and plumbers and we had a mold company, everyone you could work with in the real estate transaction. He thought, "Man, I'm getting all this great knowledge and information. I wish I could share it with all the folks in the Bay." then the Consumer Quarterback Show was born. So Brandon took this idea and made it into a show, and he's been doing it on the air for seven years, as I mentioned. So in addition to our great partners, which span the uh, family, health, we have doctors, lawyers, Science, technology, a lot of home services, tons of different categories, about 80 different categories of experts we bring on the program to provide information for you. And of course, he's put the show out there everywhere. If you want to check us out on the radio, we're certainly available every day at 4 p.m. on AM 860. But we also have the show streaming live now to Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. Uh, any smart TV owners can search binge TV networks on their smart TV and then look for the Consumer Quarterback Show. It's available there as well. We do a Sunday replay. So Brandon has gone out of his way to make the show available to you because we really feel there's value for for you. In addition to our great partners, our sponsors are a big part of the show. The sponsor for this segment is Jade's Premium Quality Cleaning. You know, if you're looking for a family-owned business, we talk a lot about the local economy and keeping your dollars in our in our own community. Well, that's all about Jade, you know, if you're looking for a professional cleaning company holding COVID-19 certification and using eco-friendly products, that's Jade and you can't get more local and family-owned. Her and her family come right out to your house. And, or your business, and do all that cleaning work for you. They are the official cleaning partner of the Consumer Quarterback Show, and you can check them out online at Jade's jadespremiumqualitycleaning.com. As I mentioned, Brandon is a real estate professional, owner of the Platinum MVP team. He has real estate opportunities for you, both commercial and residential, even in this time of low inventory. Johnny, our TV producer, always puts up a couple of properties. Any of the properties you hear pitched on our show, you get in touch with Brandon about, and he can make sure that you get out there and see him. Here's an opportunity in Palm Harbor. If you're looking for a condo, he's got a 2 2 Two-car garage right on the water with a bonus room, 4209 Preserve Place in Palm Harbor. If you want to get into the Palm Harbor area right on the water, get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. Great opportunity for you right there at 4209 Preserve Place. He always says don't leave money on the table. Here's an opportunity for you, a 4-3 with a two-car garage, private apartment, sun deck, updated kitchen, new white cabinetry, new floors, 1010 Bay Esplanade in Clearwater Beach. If you want to get down to the Clearwater Beach area, Call Brandon. He's got a great opportunity for you. Commercial and residential. Don't leave money on the table. Again, get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. All right. In our Salem Media Group studios today, we have Brandon Faust Mold Zero. Brandon has come on our show a bunch of times, and this was kind of an object uh, or a situation I had no idea about. I mean, I've heard about mold. Everyone has. How prevalent it is and what the health consequences of it are were eye-opening to me. Very new. I wanted to bring Brandon on because I think this is really important, and there's no time of year in Florida where we don't have mold. Is that right, Brandon?
2: That's pretty much a, a I mean, certainty for We're sure. wet all the time yeah. down here, right? <clears throat>
1: I mean, you have the rainy season where obviously it can be really bad,
2: but it's not just that. You have humidity in the yeah. air. So you have homes that over the year are building up some sort of a dampness or right. a wetness. And what ends up happening is that during the wintertime, where you have a change in the humidity and the pressure, the moisture from inside the home actually wants to migrate to outside okay okay so just like um you know wet moves to dry mm-hmm. naturally and just like cool you know hot moves to cold naturally it's going to happen right so if you have a pan that's on the stove you take it off it's going to cool down right right you have a towel outside you know it's wet it's going to end up drying off that's just what occurs mm-hmm. so when you have that migration you actually end up with dampness on the wall so mm-hmm. in a lot of cases during the winter time we actually see mold building up from that moisture that's been accumulating over the year, now actually trying to get outside to the dry part, and then you wind up with mold on the walls, and it's I, pretty
1: crazy. I tell you, every time Brandon comes in, I learn something new about mold. Of course, I was always associated with dampness, and I, didn't have, I learned of the medical issues that you can uh, contract by being in its presence. Here's what I didn't realize. Mold is a living thing. Absolutely. Okay, so yep. mold is a living animal, and your attempts to kill it, get rid of it, only spark it to try to reproduce and spread out. 100%. So, yeah, it's so bizarre to think about. I want to talk a little bit about that if you would, Brandon.
2: Well, you have the different kingdoms, right? You have like the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, and then you have the fungi kingdom, okay. right? So there's obviously a few others. But just like any one of these king- kingdoms, it is a living breathing organism yeah. that has its own sort of laws and what it what it abides by. But the one I think common denominator that you have from every living organism is that it does want to survive or right. to perpetuate itself so it does have a defense mechanism built into it which i think is probably one of the most important datums in terms of dealing with mold yeah. is it, it will defend itself and it is going to release not only spores for mm-hmm. self-preservation self-perpetuation but it's going to release a mycotoxin myco. Uh, the word actually comes from fungus, right? Myco so a fungus toxin and it's going to basically try to fend off anything that is attacking it. So this concept of spraying it down with bleach or doing something along those lines, even agitating it, just kinda going and wiping it down, it may seem like a good idea. I've had many clients, you know, ask me, Well, should I wipe down the stuff that's being right now? Seems like you should. I mean, I was in a place yesterday, a condo, and they had a leak from the roof due to the storm. And the entire wall was just covered in aspergillus penicillium. Mm. And he asked me, you know, should I wipe it down? I'm like, do not touch it. Because what you're going to do is basically aerosolize it. So whoever does the wiping is going to end up with a whole mold explosion Mm. in their face of not only the spores, but also the actual mycotoxin itself. So again, I had
1: no idea about this. We had one of Brandon's guys came in the show and talked about the big church job. And Brandon has brought video from this huge church they handled where they had a big mold issue. Well, what they do, what Brandon does is he takes readings. Of course, he goes in and tests the air to see how many particulates in the air, all that kind of thing. They do a test. As soon as they start to open up the wall, they do another test and the numbers multiplied by a thousand. Absolutely.
2: I mean, in this particular job, it went up tremendously i mean and we and this started,
1: was the, the mold's defense mechanism yes. realizing that it's time it's under attack yes. and now it releases all the spores and Complete. starts to spread out
2: yeah i mean it started at a standstill there was a lot of growth due to the shutdown right and the humidity levels were over 60% so there really was growth on all surfaces okay so when you we did the air sample just to kind of see where we were at and i really wanted to show this to my guys too right, right? we started at 6000 per cubic meter right mold spores so that's three foot by three foot by three foot right so you basically they have algorithms that they do in terms of the raw count of spores and they multiply it to get what it would be Mm -hmm. per cubic meter so once that actually um we started going on the fogging system which shows the mold basically reacts it's like okay we're being attacked we're gonna you know go into self-defense mode self-preservation mode it went up to nine hundred and eighty thousand at the highest level And then after we did the fogging, we dropped it down to 3,000. Then we did HEPA vacuuming, and we did a wipe down, and then we ended up doing air scrubbers, and then we did another fogging. And, of course, we then brought it all the way down to less than 500, so we brought it to an acceptable level. So you can
1: see the process is very involved, and it's not as simple as Mm -hmm. just wiping it up. You know, you think you're going to grab a mop or a towel or something. Boy, you're going to create a problem for yourself. And, man— I am not trying to be the bearer of bad news but you don't want to breathe that stuff in.
2: No, it's not it's not a good thing, you know, and I try not to get into the, the full details because honestly um, I don't in like sales tactics where you scare the person, <laughs> right, right, right? is not really something that I respect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to give the person the information but not doing it in a way that is alarming. Right. But unfortunately, some of these situations there's no way around it, yeah. right? The what it's been Connected to um, and the type of impact that it can have on the physical well-being of an individual. It's truly it is severe and it's an undiagnosed problem
1: It's something you definitely got to be aware of because it's not it's not you, you know If your eyes are watering if your throat's irritated you can handle that you notice that what if it's a child? What if it's a pet? What if it's somebody who doesn't communicate or can't just walk up to you go? Hey, my throat my eyes something's wrong. Something's not right. You better have a, a handle on what's in your house because you're turning a lot of innocent folks loose in there.
2: One hundred that's completely correct. I actually did have that situation with my son where, you know, he was a month old and three days in a row he was having a really hard time breathing. And it was only because of my mold training that I started actually that's looking right. into it. And then I found that there was a leak that it was an unknown leak and it was in the same room where I actually had my air handler which was then blowing around the entirety of the home, mm-hmm. which is what was impacting him. So it's,
1: it's like being a, science, a, a detective or something. Brandon comes in and kind of puts together the evidence and kind of figures out what's going on. But it's not as simple as just taking a rag out, folks. I don't want you to just think you can wipe up mold and you're handled the problem because you have not.
2: Also, just as a point, is we also use a lot of independent inspectors in in the Tampa Bay area. Because if we're going to do a job that is a job where we actually have to do tear out and removal, it's more than 10 square feet of uh, visible mold. It is a regulated job. Okay. So we don't want to come in and... Just start tearing things out without getting their direction, making sure that it is mold, getting it tested, sampling it, and then getting an actual report and a protocol of what we need to do to get clearance on that job. And then we follow that protocol.
1: And it, unfortunately, there's more than one type of mold, as I learned last time. Brandon has great knowledge in this area, but man, there's lots of types of living creatures in your house.
2: That's that's also totally correct. <laughs> so, I mean, one thing that I wanted to to touch upon that I think is really um, apropos in terms of the timing is we just had the storm oh, yeah. right here in Tampa Bay.
1: You know, just just as an aside, folks, you think because the wind damage wasn't severe. And I thought the same thing that this thing went by and we were very lucky. It didn't seem like it did a lot of wind damage. But my friends on the coast and everyone in the South Tampa area says the flooding and the push of water was more intense than they've ever seen.
2: James, I've gone into neighborhoods and it is mind boggling in terms of the amount of damage that I had no idea until I started driving around. And you see entire... Floors, you know, out on the sidewalk, they had to tear it out because you basically had the high tide Mm -hmm. and then the actual tropical storm, right, at the same time, right? That storm surge, high tide, everything. So it was truly a perfect storm Mm -hmm. where there were homes that were a foot and a half, you know, underwater. Right? So when that occurs, you're talking about category three water. It's water that's going to make you sick. There's all kinds of stuff, bacteria and nastiness in that storm surge. and now comes into your home. The thing that I have seen is that when I was driving around, it really was maybe uh, you know, one out of every 10 homes that actually had a professional drying, company in their home you know and one of the places i visited because mold zero we do do the actual drying that's one thing that's not known about us but we do um the drying we're certified in that we're trained in that right so we went into one place and it was completely musty and this was after you know maybe five days after the flood and this guy had you know his own dehumidifiers going his own blowers Right, but he hadn't had a professional team come in to dry this place out. Mm-hmm. And the concept of dry to the layman compared to what dry actually means is right. two completely different things. You know, so I put the moisture meter up to the wall and it's reading a hundred percent, you know, in terms of that moisture level. And that absolutely is something where mold is gonna start growing. So that's one of my biggest concerns is that people Felt that they were able because just because the water is gone right. visually, you don't see it. Doesn't doesn't mean that it's actually dry.
1: I could imagine being uh, you know plaster. Some materials are going to hold water for quite a quite a while, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, the stuff that's going to um, where you're going to actually get the mold growth is the organic material. So, for example, like the drywall uh, that's got paper on it. So you're definitely going to see mold growth on that. Mm-hmm. The wood. You know, you're going to see um, even the laminate flooring that is, you know, a composite type material. You're going to get mold growth. So all of that stuff really has to go. And the place really does need to be properly dried. And then it should also be fully sanitized. As well, because of the stuff that that storm surge brings into your home.
1: So simply getting the water out of there and to your eye looking like, hey, everything's back to dry. That's not that's not the inspection that you need to have. You need to go a little deeper than that.
2: 100%. And the thing that I really you know continue to tell people, look, if it's musty. It's moldy. Mm-hmm. Don't think that it's something else. That old Florida smell that, you know, some people mm-hmm. like to talk, oh, don't worry about it. that's just the old Florida smell. No, if it's musty, it's moldy and you have growth right. and you need to find out where that growth is actually located.
1: That's the other thing. This thing's hidden from you guys. It's not as simple as just looking around because in walls, under surfaces that you cannot see with your naked eye, it's going to find a way to get there.
2: And, I, and I've and i seen that. I had a, a buddy of mine that called me into a, an office that he had just purchased right? Small office. But he had actually loaned the space to me to hold a little event. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't do the event. It was so musty. And I'm like, man, there is so much mold in this place. I'm not seeing it, but I know it's here. So we went in because the the day that I went in was the day the event was happening. So I didn't really have an option. So I had to do the dry fog process and we dropped those levels to a point where we could hold the event but it didn't change the fact that there was stuff growing behind the walls.
1: So those but levels would return if you did nothing else and just walked away, they complete, would go right. Okay.
2: Because all you're doing is killing the airborne spores, I see. right? So you have to get to the actual source of the mold growth. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until we, he had me come in. He's like, the smell is coming back. I did it at no charge for him. Right. And we didn't dig deeper. I just had to hold the event, you know? Right. So then, you know, I came back, he said, look, this, st- the smell is it's back. Still there. So he, We opened up the wall and sure enough, there was all kinds of growth that happened because of an AC leak that was happening behind the actual wall. And then there was mold underneath the floor. So we had to remove all the flooring. We had to remove the walls. And then after that, we could actually get it to a point where, yes, we can drop those levels so it won't come back. But you have to get to the source of the water. It's like so being we a detective. Yeah. Like being a
1: detective, folks. We call Brandon Faust, Mold Zero out to your place. They're going to give you a real hard look and make sure they understand what's going on because it's hidden from your eye. It's not as simple as that. He's got great equipment. I mean, you see how sophisticated this stuff is. We're going to head into a break right now. We come back more from Brandon Mold Zero in the studio. I really think this is information that is great for all homeowners out there. Even renters need to be aware of this kind of thing because it impacts your health. We talk a lot about uh, taking care of yourself. If you can't see something, a lot of times it's not on the top of your head. This is something that's kind of a silent deal hidden from your eyes. It can be real bad for you and your family Want to get ahead of it. We're going to be proactive today on the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show.
0: Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, and you're here with Consumer Quarterback Show. And I say, Brandon Rimes, knock out your competition. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com.
3: Selling commercial or residential property? Don't leave money on the table. List with the Platinum MVP Team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm Brandon Rimes. Reach me at 813-670-7372 or PlatinumMVPTeam.com.
1: My name is James DeGerome, and I produce the Consumer Quarterback Show for Brandon Rimes.
0: You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay.
1: Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is the site for all our partners and our sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Golf Car Depot, also known as Discovery Golf Cars. You no, know, not just for golfers anymore. Everyone has them for business, recreation, uh. uh Discovery Golf Cars has tons of makes and models, you know, Star EV, Cushman, EasyGo. They sell them new and pre-owned. They offer financing, uh, so if you can rent them even if you don't want to buy them, and they'll even offer mobile repair if you have an issue. So get, get check them out at one of their Tampa or Clearwater locations or online at discoverygolfcars.com. Okay, Brandon, being a real estate professional, has got a couple of properties for you. Even in this time of low inventory, Johnny's going to throw them up on the screen for you. And any of the properties you hear pitched on the show, please get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. They will make sure that you get a chance to go out and check these out. So when you're talking about real estate, if you want to get into the Spring Hill area, we've got 41 acres. Wow, it's a huge plot. Near Highway 41 and County Road 52 in Pasco County, 12500 Hamlin Road in Spring Hill, 41 acres zoned agricultural. RS3 future use, it says. Well, wow, if you want to get in Spring Hill, you want to build a big ranch, you want to be a farmer, whatever you want to do, you got plenty of space out there in Spring Hill. 41 acres from Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. All right, how about in Holiday? Looks like we got a commercial building for sale. Yeah, we got a commercial opportunity for you on a double lot, 1314 Alternate Highway 19 in Holiday. So business opportunity for you in the Holiday area. Get in touch with Brandon if you're looking for a commercial opportunity. 2,600 square feet in Holiday at 1314 Alternate Highway 19. Again, residential or commercial. Uh, don't leave money on the table. We've even got lots for you to build on. Now, before the break, we were talking with, uh, Brandon Faust from mold zero about how this mold is kind of a hidden killer and we don't see it all the time. And it, sometimes you don't discover it. So you're out there knocking around on your property and you remove a wall or something. I think I've got Fred Muth on the screen on the, on this phone from Tampa screens and aluminum is, is Fred you out there? I am. How you guys doing? Very good, very good, Fred. I was curious to know. You've had a lot of experience in the construction business and building all around the Bay Area. Have you ever come into a situation where you found some mold at a at a, a homeowner's uh, place when you're looking to do a screen enclosure?
4: Quite often, uh, you know, we uh, on the replacements. Uh, it's very obvious where the water will hit at the fascia, and it will build up behind the fascia, behind the wood. It will get into the wood. And uh, the next thing you know, the mold is building up in the wood. So we see that quite often. Then when the cage comes down, uh, it's very obvious. It's bl- as black as you're going to get. It's black mold and it's dangerous. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of homeowners don't realize how dangerous it is, and they stand there and they look at it. I'm far away from it. <laughs> and and I, I try to uh, try to explain that uh, they shouldn't get close to it. And then of course, the remediation goes through, and whoever takes it down, if they're smart, they're going to wear the mask. Right, right. Yeah, you got to be
1: prepared to work with that kind of stuff. I agree with you 100. percent Now, Fred, what about Tampa Screens Aluminum? No slowdown for you guys at all?
4: Not, not at all. No, it's just it's it's amazing. It's so busy. Uh, I'm okay with it. You know, it's a little overwhelming to be honest with you. I. Was counting the leads that came through last week. You know, sixty some odd leads in a week. That's a lot of business, mm-hmm,
0: you, mm-hmm.
4: And, and you can't. You just can't get to everything. You know, you have to get them in the order that they come in. We're doing very well. I, I talked to the uh, <clears throat> company officials this morning, and they were telling me how busy things are. Don't come in the office, they said, and look at look at the work. <laughs> or, don't come in here. Don't look at that. You know they they don't want me to see how much is on the board and I I've got an idea what's going on over there you guys are it's going just amazing
1: going uh, full bore over there even uh, you know we had Chuck Peterson on yesterday he was talking about how he, he the only thing slowing him up is materials he's having a hard time getting enough of materials together uh, it's kind of slowed his job a little bit but they're still busy all over the place any material issues for you
4: yes we were running into the composite roof panel that's the insulated foam core roof panel uh, that's been on back order for many of my jobs for several weeks, uh, going into a month or two, on some of the projects. So, it makes sense. That it would be yeah, roofing yeah.
1: materials, being that the storms have that way of getting into people's roof all the time.
4: Yeah, but I, you know, the roofs. Uh, I I haven't taken a lot of storm work uh, okay. recently. I, there was two or three jobs where trees came down, they hit the cages, uh, you know, that kind of stuff we're getting. But as far as uh, wind damage and that. Uh, we're, we're not getting a lot of that right now. It's yeah. not like, like, you know, like when Charlie went through back in '04. Right. You know, that was just a windstorm that was just horrible, horrific.
1: Yeah, but, but you, we um, talk all the time about. I'm always impressed by how flexible that aluminum is.
4: It will bend. It, it will move. And uh, you know, a lot of times uh, people will call uh, because the structural gutter is leaking at the house. You know, the cage is 10 years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and most of your runs are 30 foot. And then, of course, where one run meets another, there's a seam. Um, and the seams have a method of going together where they should not incorporate a leak. But some of the contractors have put them in incorrectly over the years. Yeah. And then as, that, as the cage flexes, it flexes against the gutter, the structural gutter. And, and the gutter moves one way on the left side, another way on the right side. And, it, and where the seam is, that's where the seal opens up. So these things constantly leak at the scene if they're not constructed correctly. We see a lot of that.
1: You know, it it always comes back to uh, dealing with professionals. I always talk about getting a professional out as your property, whether you're talking about Brandon Faust and Mold Zero or Fred Muth and Tampa Screens and aluminum. I encourage folks to DIY when when it makes sense, but not when it's something that you can risk uh, your family's health or some kind of a big project like that, get in touch with a professional. Fred, you guys do, you'll come out and look at a job and make sure it's what the homeowner wants.
4: Yeah, that's, that's the big thing. Um, you know, I, ideally, you know, you have to make sure that the project is going to go without, without flaws. Yeah. And, uh, we, you and I talk quite often about uh, the concept of pouring too much concrete on a parcel where it eliminates percolation, this and that and the other. So we, we, Typically I love the way, figure that before we go in. I love so the way that? Fred
1: has the long view. We're, we're gonna, Fred's going to come back with us after the break. We'll talk more about this. But, man, when you're doing a project, you think, hey, let's get it done as fast as you can. But Fred takes in all the details. He wants to make sure your percolation is taken into account, all the way the wind is going to flex, the the the. the panoramic view where the posts are going to go we're going to get into all that with fred when we come back from the break i want to thank brandon faust mold zero for coming in sharing some great information with us i want to encourage all you folks to check out all our partners at consumerqb.com
4: this is chris voss former fbi lead hostage negotiator and owner of the black swan group And you're listening to Consumer
3: Quarterback Show hosted by my friend, Brandon Rives.
0: To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com.
1: That's right. Give Brandon a call for all your real estate needs. He's got opportunities for you, both commercial and residential, even in the time of low inventory. Of course, this is Brandon's show. He put this together with a great group of partners and sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Replenish IV Solutions. Very unique business model. You know, if you're looking to feel uh, energized, hydrated, and replenished, they have a safe and effective way to restore your body's immune systems with crucial vitamins and nutrients. They'll come right out to your business if they or home. If you can't get to one of their locations, uh, check them out online at replenishivsolutions.com. We're all in need. Of a boost for our immunity, immune systems nowadays, and replenish IV Solutions has a solution for you. Okay, we're going to look at a couple of properties now. Again, Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. He is a realtor here in the Bay Area. As a real estate professional, he's always got opportunities for you, both commercial and residential. Johnny is our producer. He's going to throw one up here. Palm Harbor. We got a four three with three car garage in the Palm Harbor area. Two five two eight Appaloosa Trail. If you want to get into Palm Harbor, he's got an enclosed pool. The roof's only three years old. Brand new AC. Two five two eight Appaloosa Trail in Palm Harbor. Four three. Great residential opportunity from Brandon and the Platinum MVP team, a Keller Williams agent. Here's one in Brandon. You want to get into the Brandon area, here's a residential opportunity, 4-2, two-car garage on a cul de sac zero five 5 gray whetstone in Brandon. Don't leave money on the table. Get in touch with Brandon Rhymes and the Platinum MVP team for all your real estate needs. Before the break, we were visiting a little bit with, with uh, Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum, and we talk a lot about uh, when Fred comes out and does your estimate. He's interested in the entire project. He's gonna make sure your percolation, your concrete's poured correctly, that you're not creating a situation where you're gonna create puddling and runoff and kind of damage your property. We talked about mold. Sometimes they'll discover mold when they're up there doing their job. It's all about uh, having a professional come out and take care of your screen enclosure. Fred's been doing this a long time. Fred, talk a little bit about all the things you can do for folks when it comes to building a screen enclosure or pool cage.
4: Well, let's start with the panoramic view right now. Yeah. That's the big item. That is a beautiful item. It's uh, you know basically it will eliminate a lot of the uprights and chair rail. Uh, we I don't like to span them personally beyond 25 feet. We can go beyond 25 if we have to. We put a different beam at the top. But let's let's assume that you have a um, let's say a 60 foot by, backdrop and mm-hmm. uh, you're up you're up against a golf course or you have up against a lake instead of having nine uprights, I can do this thing with two or three uprights. And that, that, that really enhances.
1: Right. So an uninterrupted the, uh, view out the back. That's really cool. Uh, getting rid yeah. of some of that vertical structure so that all you see is your backyard.
4: That's right. And, you know, if you want, I, I mean, we can do the entire cage that way. All walls. Uh, drives the cost up a little bit. But uh, depending on on the location, uh, you know, and of course, curb appeal matters. Mm-hmm. And, and if Brandon was sitting next to me, he'd say, yes, yes, yes. That brings the value of the property <laughs> up. <laughs> That's right. We know that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, we're, t- we're taking a lot of them right now where we're replacing the cages and going back with the panoramic view. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, up in Cheval, up in that area, there's a lot of homes that are backed up against the lake. And that's that's a prime area for the panoramic view enclosure. Um, I probably sold five or six up there just since the beginning of the year. Friend, you know, know, plus Ricky and some of the others are, are selling them like hotcakes. What was that? Well, with COVID-19
1: forcing folks in their home, a lot of people are putting more money into their home. You see that a lot. What about folks that have a screen enclosure or a pool cage and they want to upgrade or change it? Is it a matter of, is it a full teardown or do you guys modify the structure? What can you do to improve an existing uh, structure?
4: In most cases, it's a replacement. Okay. I, I spoke to a homeowner yesterday and the cage is 12 years old and you know they want to rescreen new hardware, new gutter. A couple doors changed around. By that time, you're the same price as a new case. okay what What is unfortunate is that I do have to pull a permit for the replacement. And uh, where I wouldn't have to pull the permit for the, for the repair. I see. So, so the replacement takes longer because permits are dragging on way too long right now. Jason, can you help us with this permit problem?
5: Uh, That's outside my field, but I I might give you a call because we need our screen (laughs)
1: redone
4: actually. (laughs) Okay. The the permitting process is beyond ridiculous. Now, Fred, you're talking about
1: all jurisdictions. I know you work everywhere. So Hillsborough, Pasco, Pinellas, they're all the same, or you find one worse than the other?
4: Well, uh, Hillsborough outside of the city of Tampa is about the worst that I'm dealing with right now. And okay. I personally have a project going at my house and I'm two and a half months into it with no permits yet. And and you just can't even get answers. <laughs> and and it's just terrible. It shouldn't be like that. I can get a permit quicker in the city of Tampa in most cases than uh City of Tampa, Hillsborough or Pasco County. City of Tampa is about the, about the fastest right now. So uh, it's unfortunate because it, there's there's no stimulation of uh, of economic growth if you're going to hold up on permits. So, it, you know, the more the quicker you move these things along, the more the economy stimulates. And geez, we we always need that.
1: You know how customers get so excited when you're out there. They're like, oh, I can't wait for this to get done. As it takes t- more time, <laughs> you start to see them start to say, hey, when when is it going to happen? When do you think? It puts a little pressure on everybody.
4: Yes, it does, and and I when I take the lead, I, I specifically tell them up front that the permitting is dragging on forever, and I, I don't want right. you to expect anything to happen fast. And they'll they'll say to me, "Yes, the last company said that as well." So that's good. At, at least they know that going into it. And, that's right. You know, even, even though they know that, you know, they still call me after a month's time. Where's my permit? <laughs>
1: that's right. But Fred's been doing this <laughs> a long time. Fred, you remember the whole. You've seen the process uh, going back a few, quite a few years about how this works.
4: Yes, yes. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this uh, once or twice on the show before that uh, when Charlie went through and a couple other hurricanes That's back right. in 04 and 05, I mean, there was devastation and uh, basically permits were, were released in a matter of two to three days. So if they could do it then, yeah. why can't they do it now? That's the way I look at it.
1: Yeah, that makes no sense to me. I mean, geez, in the time of crisis, we were able to, to operate and now you're saying uh, much longer.
4: Right, because it is possible, but but they but there's reasons why they don't make it possible. And, uh, you know, I I don't I'm constantly constantly hearing COVID this, COVID that, you know, it's a tremendously bad problem that we're dealing with right now. But I think too many people lean on that. Mm. Um, and use it as an excuse for not you know, right. implementing, implementing the permit process as it should be implemented. Okay. That's my opinion. I, right. I, I better stop there, right? <laughs> Fred <laughs> Muth, Tampa
1: Screens and Aluminum. We don't want to make any enemies. Fred, we've got about a minute before you take a break. What 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 can folks do to get in touch with you, or what's the best way, if they have a project they want you to come out and look at?
4: best thing to do is call the office 813-960-7064 where the majority of our leads come come through that way and uh, and at least we they, they get to talk to a live body and they hear uh, some of the people that answer the phone and, and in some cases they'll ask questions, they'll get answers right there. That's the best thing to well, do. 813 7064
1: Tons of experience in the screen game. Fred Muth, Tampa Screens and Aluminum. He's our expert in this field. When we come back we've got Jason Koble, Koble Law in our Salem Media Group studios. We're going to talk a little bit about some of his cases and some of the stuff he's seeing going on. We've got great partners, great sponsors and I've got a feel-good story for you about a high school opened a grocery store on campus for students and it only accepts good deeds as payment. So We're going to tell you all about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show.
3: This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show hosted by my friend, Brandon Rives.
0: To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at
1: ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is your home to find all the partners and all the sponsors on the Consumer Quarterback Show. We have a great sponsor for this segment. It is uh, Brothers Easy Moving. Brothers Easy Moving is the official moving partner of the Consumer Quarterback Show. They got to be that way because they moved Brandon himself into his home. Uh, these guys were working late in, into the evening and Brandon said, man, you guys are great. You are now the official moving company of the Consumer Quarterback Show and they do local long distance. These guys are great. They have tons of Angie's List super service awards. Check out all their five-star reviews at BrothersEasyMoving.com. Local or long distance. They are the moving company for you. And we've got a last property for you. We're going to pitch another property for you. Again, anything you see on the show that you want to talk about, get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. He's got real estate opportunities for you, even in this time of low inventory, commercial and residential. This one happens to be a full acre, a 4-4 right on the water in Newport Ritchie. So if you want to get into Newport Ritchie area, 6128 Oak Ridge Avenue, he's got a full acre, 4,130 square feet, 4-4 right on the water get in touch with Brandon don't leave money on the table all right before the break we were talking a little bit with Fred Muth we've got Jason Koble right here in our Salem Media Group Studios Jason came in last week and talked to us about a case he's got in the Florida Supreme Court we're going to catch up on that what else is going on Jason
5: uh, not much. You know, I had a couple, uh, simple issues that popped up in my practice the last week that I just wanted to share just because it's practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, I was training my new employee on how to handle a situation when one of our clients gets in a car accident okay. and they're looking to get a rental. And, uh, it's pretty much the same, not just for my office, but for anybody in Florida. Mm-hmm.
1: Now it, you're saying if you're the victim or the person who caused the accident, doesn't matter?
5: Well, no, I'm saying if, if you were not at fault. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. If you're not at fault and you want to get a rental, even if you're at fault, the first place you look, I guess it would be limited if you're at fault. But if you're not at fault, the first place you look is your insurance. Right. And that's easier, obviously quick, easy. The other insurance is ultimately going to reimburse them. I was going to
1: say they're going to pursue that anyway. Right.
5: So that's where the difference is of at fault, not at fault. And then if you're not at fault and you don't have that coverage, because not everybody has car rental insurance, then um, option two is the at fault. Sometimes we'll pick it up Mm -hmm. other times they'll drag and and it takes forever or other times they'll pick it up but it's very limited and then your third option if they're if they're giving you the runaround is to just do it yourself and then get reimbursed okay which obviously nobody likes to do so you know option one is the best but that's you know depends if you have the policy
1: how do you go about uh determining the the length of the duration of the repair like how long do you need that car and the style of car because i can see there's some nuance there, where somebody might try to say, "Hey, well, I'm going to run a Rolls Royce for for a couple of weeks, <laughs> even though my car it was yeah, damaged." you don't want
5: to be unreasonable, right? Yeah, right, right. I mean, it depends if it if it's uh, and if the other party's at fault and you're getting reimbursed and you get ridiculous, that could definitely bite you. I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, and then uh, and of course when it, when it comes to getting uh, work done, uh, I've had a couple cases. We just had one recently where the uh, estimate that the car was total total. And uh, the amount they were willing to pay for it was, I think, like... Sixty or something like that, and we okay. were able to get it boosted up to seventy-two because mm-hmm. they they have to look within a, a fifty-mile radius of your residence. They have to get different examples of a similar car being sold at the okay. same same mileage, you know, same same condition. I wondered how that
1: worked. I see. Okay. Yeah,
5: and and they sent us over their report, and we're like, this is you know, this is ridiculous. They they weren't exactly the same. They didn't have the same features. I was, I was gonna say to because there's
1: so many. This is the same process that Ray Hall, our appraiser, comes on and talks about homes finding comps in different areas to kind of get a value. But with vehicles, there's so many out there. You can kind of pick and choose. If you wanted to be on the low end or the high end, I'm sure you could skew it that way.
5: Especially, you know, a lot of this this one particular client, he had a lot of perks, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, this type of uh, wheel and, you know, this uh, type of system. And, you know, every little bit adds value to the vehicle. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty cool. We were able to get him a couple of, a couple extra thousand there.
1: So personal injury, uh, uh, workman's comp. Jason has a lot of experience in these areas, and there's some subtleties in in these things that you might not notice if you're looking at it from the outside. Jason, what about your big case in the Florida Supreme Court, though? Anything new?
5: Man, you know, I just hope that they uh, affirm the lower court's decision because right now we're the appellee. Right. Uh, because uh, we we lost the initial uh, ruling and then it, it went up to District Court of Appeal and then they reversed that. So now right. we're in a driver's seat, which is good, because uh, about 30 eh, percent of my practice relies on this case being affirmed okay. because it would shut down my my fair debt uh, for injured worker bills practice. But right now it's with the Supreme Court. Um, they've already mentioned that they're going to go ahead and rule on it. Okay. They don't always do that. And they deemed it a matter of public importance. And uh, we're just hoping that they don't reverse the decision because if they did, then like I said, I wouldn't be able to go after Jason, Do they assign a timetable
1: to this? They say we'll have to deal with this by the end of the session or do they assign tell you when this possibly could be ruled on?
5: Because it's the Supreme Court of Florida, they could take as long as they want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we'll patiently wait. Yeah. I but- can imagine. But yeah, but I, I I like our chances, and uh, yeah, we will hope for the best.
1: There. And how the process of getting a case before the U, the, the Florida Supreme Court, rather, the, you said you, this has happened before or no? No,
5: no, this is the first time in my career. Okay. and to be honest with you, for um, a fair debt case where I'm filing under the FCCPA, the Fair Collection, Florida Consumer Collections Practices Act, for an injured worker getting billed, it's a combination of those two laws, and it's
1: the first time in the whole country
5: that it's a case like that is at the level of a Supreme Court of a state.
1: Okay, so there's a chance we get some new laws coming out of this.
5: This will be the first law in the whole country. And it'll be in Florida was the first to, to take How this about issue that? on. So it's very cool. But no, it's hard to get, you know, a lot of people try to get their cases sure. appealed to the Supreme Court, they they only take a select few. And uh, this one was deemed a matter of public importance uh, because basically the other, the other side's saying, no, you, you know, you don't get to file suits under this law. Mm-hmm. You, you're stuck in workers' comp court. And, uh, you know,
1: I'm not sure how it relates, but Jason was one of the first folks to come in and talk about billing for COVID-19. It didn't occur to me that uh, uh, if you, you're ill, you go seek a medical uh, assistance, a physician of some kind, and you receive a bill for that. If it turns out that COVID was the cause of your hospital stay or your need for uh, care, they're not to be billed. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's right. But uh, there's a lot of fights going on there because, you know, in the early stages, I mean, back like January, February, March, we didn't even have testing. Mm-hmm. So people... Could very well thought that their medical bills are related to COVID. They could have even been. But right. There's no way to prove it. Understood. So you need that positive. And then there's other people that they thought they were COVID, and then it took a while to get the tests back. It turned out it's not. They're not going to get those bills paid mm-hmm. for. So there's a lot of litigation on that. So if you have any medical bills that were COVID related that you're being asked to pay, then
1: let me know. Yeah, because it's, it's just quite a quagmire. You know, I could see how this, uh, because of the fact that you mentioned early on in the virus people weren't sure that they had the virus the testing was inaccurate so you could have received medical attention gone in got and paid a bill and it turns out that was covid related but you had no idea at the time that it was and there's
5: no way to prove it yeah, yeah.
1: that's tough wow yeah okay. so
5: seen a couple of those and i'm sure i'm going to see more
1: yeah, now, as far as COVID-19 legislation in general, I can imagine it, not that I've seen this, but if you're a, if say you're a vendor or a retail outlet, and now all of a sudden a customer or somebody you work with says they have issues related to being in your property. I haven't seen that play out necessarily, but I could see a world where there's a lot of litigation yes. related to this COVID-19 thing.
5: I, I just heard there's a, a huge local supermarket that's getting mm. sued uh, for, for COVID exposing. Uh, I I didn't get the details. I actually just read the, right, the, right. a little bit about it today. But I, I've had... Um, uh, workers comp clients that have been frontline workers whether they're working at the grocery store or maybe they're a delivery person mm-hmm. and uh i gotta admit the employers have all been very good okay. if, if they have covid symptoms they pay for the testing if they get it i actually have a i have a client right now that's in a nursing home Wow. And, man, it's, it's she's been there for three decades, wow. and she's about ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And we were hoping we could get the case wrapped up before she, she yeah. caught it, and she just caught it. It's so very wow. unfortunate. But, you know, if they catch it on the job, they're picking it up.
1: So there's going to be legislation and I think going to be some cases related to COVID and how it impacts employers and employees and working situations and frontline workers and all these places. Customers,
5: everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could imagine working in a hospital. Uh, There's just a lot of circumstances that have yet to be worked out. Anytime there's something new like this, it seems the court has to react and kind of set some precedents. I can't think of something like this, but I'm sure in the past there's been incidents of of unique situations that inspired legislation and that becomes the law going forward.
5: Anytime. Even, you know, it's funny. I just had lunch with another attorney who does workers comp. And, and he did a little bit longer than me. And he was telling me there was a time in the 90s when you couldn't even settle your medical portion of your claim. And he goes, boy, when they switched that to make it from, you couldn't settle your medical portion till you can. Mm. He's like, it was wonderful because he had all these cases that were medical only that were he wasn't able to settle. Then all of a sudden you were, was able to make a lot of money doing that. So mm. that's pretty cool. So yeah, one little law change could change everything.
1: Now, in that situation you're talking about there, he was unable to bring those cases because there was no one who could, no one would rule on them.
5: No, well, it was back then. It's not anymore. Now you could settle, you could settle medical, you could settle your lost wages. Usually, they make you do both. Okay. Um, very rarely they'll, they'll say, okay, we'll just settle the the medical portion, or I mean, just settle the lost wages, leave the medical open. But in the in the nineties, before they changed the law. They wanted the medical to stay open just because they didn't want injured workers to cash in when oh. they still needed treatment. That doesn't. You know, the thought was that that's hurting the economy because mm-hmm. they they needed that medical care okay. more than the money. But they, you know, they took that away and now they have the freedom to settle whenever they want.
1: So you can see how testing these things and bringing these cases before judges and and courtrooms is how you're going to change legislation, kind of affect the future. So there's always something new, you know, whether it's COVID-19 or a new way of doing things, there's going to be some legislation come out of any kind of new situation like that.
5: That's what I love about the law, you know, and sometimes... You think the law is perfect, and then life will throw a curveball that nobody thought of, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you say, "Oh, there's, there was a loophole nobody even saw that's before," right. and that's then right. it's got to be changed. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'm learning a lot of these election lawsuits. I'm kind of learning what what makes a lawsuit valid, what makes a lawsuit invalid. The pressure from attorneys to have uh, to not be frivolous. You know, I think oh, there's. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize that there's a pressure from the bar. Oh yeah, uh, I had no idea. There was a group of attorneys saying, "Hey, let's be careful about these un- these frivolous lawsuits because it's bringing us, it's making a bad name for the the legal profession. You could get tagged too doing that. So
5: yeah, I, I and I gotta admit, there's been some risky ones filed lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Even just learning, each state has their own law for the elections. Yeah. And then with the with the COVID, all these mail in ballots, and then you see how they were processed, and it's like wow, you have to learn for each state you're looking at. Yeah. there's a different set of rules.
1: You know, I think that uh, I had uh, Richard Alexander was on the show previously, and we talked a little bit about how uh, the sovereignty of each state to decide how they do things. You know, we're going to set this deadline, we're going to count them in this fashion. Uh, it's all unique to them, and it's it's spelled out that way constitutionally. So it, he doesn't see any big change coming even with an event like this year where everyone said can't we have a single election day can't we know for sure it's not going to work out that way in the future going forward no
5: every state has their own set of rules Mm -hmm. and and it's interesting because what happened in in this particular election covid happened and there was a lot of late law changes Mm -hmm. late laundry in pennsylvania and georgia michigan where there were some law changes made by the pennsylvania supreme court secretary of state that's already been shot down as invalid where Usually, according to the United States Constitution, it's the state legislature that creates election laws, no mm-hmm. one else. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, there was a couple late right, changes right. that got put into effect that you know, and that's a, that's one of the questions actually with the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. I don't know if it's going to affect enough votes, but right, but yeah, so it's very interesting. It's definitely. But yeah, we're state. all
1: we're all learning about the process for each state and why it's the way it is, and I think uh, it's it's something that our eyes are wide open now, man. Going forward, I can see everybody's right. going to know their dates and times and how things are done and uh, where they can vote and when they can vote. So maybe it, maybe it's better that we all learn this stuff together. Yeah, we learned the hard way. <laughs> now tell me, uh, I've got a feel good story. I'm going to do here in a minute. I've got about a minute left. What what do you want? People People to know about what's going on with your your cases going on right now
5: you know i i, I keep having a recurring problem that i know i've talked about uh, but i is, i guess i'll mention it again because it keeps happening people need to be careful if you have a case and you do social media right man i tell you that has changed the whole fraud scene mm. in workers comp it used to be to nail someone for fraud you would almost have to hire an investigator mm-hmm. Now, the first thing they do is they look at your social media. They don't need an investigator if you're making your own videos, if you're on a roller coaster and you have an injury case.
1: (laughs) I would imagine you feel pretty foolish sitting in court when someone's showing your social media uh, to the the court. Oh, my goodness.
5: Yeah, and it it happens a couple times a year, and it's frustrating because I have that talk every interview. But, yeah, you got to watch that.
1: Jason Koble, <laughs> Kobel Law. Uh, we're going to get back to Jason in a minute. I just want to give you this injection of positivity here. we got a story, a feel-good story about a high school that opened a store on campus, and they only accept good deeds as payment. A high school in Texas has opened a grocery store for students and staff. does not accept money, just good deeds. Uh, the principal says a lot of our students, they come from low socioeconomic families. Uh, this is a way for students to earn the ability to shop for their families. Through hard work, they can earn points for positive office referrals. You can earn points for doing chores around the building or helping clean the store, which aims to address food insecurities for students and others in the community during the ongoing pandemic, is open Monday through Wednesday. What a cool idea, he says. I think the most exciting part of it is teaching our kids job skills they can carry with them as they graduate high school and move on to the world. Students are the key piece to that. Just a chance to show you some good deeds going on in the world out there. Brandon wants to inject some positivity into your day, and I also do. Jason, what's the best way for folks to get in touch as we close the show here?
5: Kobolaw.net uh, or TampaWorkCompLaw.com okay. or 813 873
1: 2440. Jason's going to come back, I'm sure, whenever we get some news on that case in the US and the Florida Supreme Court, I That's should right. say. I'm yep. excited to hear how that plays out. I want all of you guys out there listening to check out our partners and our sponsors online at ConsumerQB.com. I want to thank Brandon for giving me the opportunity to sit in his chair and for creating the Consumer Quarterback Show. He's going to be back real soon, and we're going to look forward to him coming back and doing the show just the way he always has. Check out all our partners, consumerqb.com.
0: You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial. Financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at consumerqb.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.